2: fans come in all varieties and our guests today sure proved that they were so generous with their time we had to make this a two-parter so please enjoy part one
1: hey guys welcome back to another bonus episode of gangplank reports i'm here with my co-host jen and our charter guest for this below deck med season roy orbison jr welcome welcome
0: hey everybody <laughs>
1: Where's How's it going? I'm glad you're here.
0: It's going very good. Really great.
1: And where are you right now?
0: I am in Malibu, California, at home and in the sunshine, having fun.
1: Nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. I am down in the Bahamas, so I apologize in advance if my audio is not perfect because I'm dealing with an island. So yay! <laughs>
0: <Even> <laughs> um, sunshine and even more fun.
1: Oh, exactly. Well, fun for my charter guests—that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just jump right into it. This is your second time being on Below Deck Med. We both, Jen and I, were super excited to see you come back because we absolutely loved all your interactions on the last season, which was awesome to watch. And that's when we found out that Hannah really had an affinity for kids. And as we all know, she has a baby now. So something you guys must have done on your trip worked out for her.
0: Yeah, we saw that coming. We could tell us that there was something going on personal for her that either she was thinking, you know, she talked about the uh, kindergarten that her mom ran and things. she talked about kids a lot and you could kind of tell, I don't know, you know, I tried to figure out was she pregnant then or did she have a boyfriend she was about to be, but we could see something was coming one way or the other. We could see that she was getting more serious.
1: Yeah, leaning in that direction. That's pretty yeah. cool, we, we, though. Even on
0: the charter, we could kind of tell that her mind was a little somewhere else, like on the future.
1: Yeah. So well, speaking to out. that a little bit, do you between last season's crew and this season's crew was there a big difference to you in the interior in the service department?
0: In the service department, let me see. No, when you said the interior in the service department, I would tell you meant the boat itself. No, that part is about the same. You know, it's, it's more about whether the food is good and whether the pillows are comfy and all that kind of stuff. That's about the service. Uh, they were all really nice. No, that wasn't a lot of different. Food-wise, who would you give the thumbs up to? Uh, well, we personally liked Kiko. I like him. He was one of the most likable people on, on all the shows. But the food, you know, I don't know if it's the food they gave him or what it was, but it wasn't really good the first time. (laughs) I thought it was good. I was so seduced by the whole situation that, I mean, I was loving it. It was like little fried brie and there was truffles on everything and stuff. So I was fooled by it. But even when I watched back and I'm looking at the picnic and I'm like, that's basically just dry tortilla chips with just, you know, American cheese on Mm. it. This is not really a picnic. And (laughs) so, so the second one was amazing. The food food was amazing matt the chef on the second one is really really a good cook and
2: it looks like we haven't seen a single complaint so far
0: but more than that when we watched the show you know there was a lot of drama around him and the first show and the food and they made it like it wasn't good and like there's some redemption there but his food was just fantastic when we were there
1: Mm -hmm. It's good to hear that from somebody who actually got to eat the food as opposed to just looking at video of it. I think there's a big difference between chefs that are able to do really amazing presentation, but the flavor isn't always there. So it's good to hear that what we're seeing is reflective of the taste of the food that you're eating as well because it's impossible to know that as a viewer. All we can do is watch and then listen to the feedback afterwards. So I think that's pretty cool and it's good to know that his food tasted good as much as it looked good.
0: One of the previous shows, season. And the guest said, and you could tell that they were guests that did. So he said, you know, well, on a boat like this, at this price and this quality, we expect the food on the boat to be comparable to anything on the mainland. And they were like somewhere. And when he said that, I thought, like, yeah, that is right. Before the trip and after the trip, the restaurants we're going to, whether it's Mallorca or Split or wherever, they're, they're amazing restaurants. We're having great times. And then so the boat really has to compete with the ports that they're in. They're in all these amazing places. You know, if you're in Saint Tropez, it's the best restaurants in the world. If you're in anywhere, And so the boats have to compete, not so much with each other, but with these five-star restaurants. And uh, Matt was able to do that. What I saw in the first couple of episodes is what now I've figured out, because I've seen it enough. It's the third night breakdown. If you haven't done these shows, you freak out the third day. It doesn't matter who it is. And I think it happens even whether Captain Sandy's coming back and she's done a lot or it's your first, and Adrian, maybe you can contest this, like people actually break down into tears and freak out and have panic attacks and heart palpitations stuff at night. The third night, the pressure and the camera, and you're trying, and if you make it past that, you're okay but there is this thing that happens. It happened to me both times and it happens to the people we bring. It's not on camera, but everyone we brought, they'll be sitting there at dinner and they get quiet, like on that second or third night. And you Mm -hmm. turn around and you look and they're smiling, they're eating food, they're quiet and tear, a tear is coming down their (laughs) face. Yeah, the pressure, the pressure I mean, is palpable. They are I actually, did
1: that every other day on my season. So yeah. there's that. They, they cry
0: on the boat and you say, What is it? And they don't even know. You go yeah. like what, what is it? And they go, I, I don't know. I don't know. And it's the pressure. It's there's something going on being on TV, you know, it brings up all your own personal issues, whatever that is. And you find out a little bit what you really want to do because some people are like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. But we well, were not like and- that. We did it again. <laughs>
1: Well, and I think part of that too, probably, especially for this group of guests that was with you, it has added pressure from COVID lockdown. And when we were watching you and your group this time around and watching you kind of cut loose, I know we said we were going to talk about that a little bit, but I'm watching it going, you've been in lockdown for months. Everybody has been kind of confined and restricted. And then you have this opportunity to not only do the show again, but go on an actual vacation in a foreign country and to be able to have fun and cut loose. We saw you be a little bit overserved on this trip, which nobody <laughs> holds, we definitely don't hold against you. I probably would have been in literally the same boat, pun intended, but watching you cut loose a little bit. I didn't think you were disrespectful or that you were in any way, shape, or form on any level near some of the other guests that we've seen just go balls to the wall sometimes on these trips, even in a short period of time. I think you were the embodiment of how everybody felt being able to finally get out of lockdown and do something fun. I know a lot of people that were like, oh my God, I drink so much more than I normally would because I was on vacation and it's my first vacation in like six months eight months. It's the first time I've been allowed out of my house without a mask on. So I know you might have different feelings about it, but both Jen and I were laughing like, that would be me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I said the exact same thing. I said that would totally be me. I over-imbibed during lockdown because what was there to do? And if I had been able to let loose, I would have totally let loose.
0: Well, thank you very much. That, that's, that was nice. And there is so much that you don't see. On the first episodes, we did season five. We were in episode three and four. Episode three was called The Italian's Job. Episode four was called Ace of Stew Face. And what we thought was going to be in the show wasn't used. And the things that we did need even remember is what they use right so it's largely how it relates to the backstory of the crew and we knew that and that's what makes it good it's not really about us it's about the crew and then the editors have the problem of trying to make a story out of it a kind of linear story and there's a lot of creative editing in these things but in the first show they used really little pieces of everything we did in this one there's so much behind the scenes that you don't see and so much they didn't use that it's actually incredible i'm mean, like oh i wish we had taken more videos and pictures because we did so much stuff we saw castles and we we just did amazing stuff you know you didn't see it so we did a long five day this was edited and even captain Sandy on this she said it's a short trip i was going this wasn't a short trip we were the longest trip of the season we were five days four nights really because they made it one night yeah, and I put that down to, like, the backstory and how they need... See, there's a bigger thing here. It's not about us. It's not even really about the crew. When they do these shows, they look at how it fits in the episodes and the, the entire show and how it how it works, you know. It turns out, I guess, there's a lot of action in both of these episodes we did with the crew, Right. you know. And, and however silly I was, they outdid us in every way. So, <laughs>
1: so and
0: then from, Coming from the COVID thing, it's boring that we always have to talk about it now, COVID and the vaccine and all this stuff. But it was a real issue at that time that we had been in quarantine for six, seven months. My belly is big there because I ordered all this food. I was hoarding food, so I ordered all this stuff you know, canned tuna fish and beans. And and I also happened to order all this food and I ate too much and drank too much during COVID. So we came back and we had to decide, are we even doing this? It was very scary. And we looked and it was pretty safe. It was a safe situation. Croatia and New Zealand at the time had almost no COVID. So I, I was worried about flying through Chicago and London and Frankfurt and all the places you have to fly through going and coming. That was really terrifying. And I I wore a full-body, like, raincoat thing. I wore a full-body raincoat. I wore gloves. I had a mask, a face shield. Right. So I was really overdoing it. And there was no one in the airports. It was safer in the airport than outside. And then it was the plane, too. The plane was empty. So we really lucked out. We were traveling around in the middle of COVID. No one could even get in and out of countries. You know, we had to have film passes. Bravo and NBC and Below Deck Med got us work visas and things.
1: Mm-hmm. Then we had to go into
0: a hard quarantine where there were actually bodyguards hired to watch, not like to keep us in, but if we left, we were off the show. So wow. we had to find a house and it was a nice house. They did well, but it was a pretty hard quarantine and seven full days, uh, seven nights. So we almost eight days. And so there is a lot that you don't see there. You know, there is a lot even, um, and then we get on the show and yeah, put me on a hundred million dollar boat for a week and see what happens.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> but- <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I still can't believe that your trip was that long and it felt like you were there for a night. That's, that's so crazy to me, but and I feel believable.
0: So there was so much more. I mean, I have this Elvis necklace that I wear, and it's it's actually Elvis Presley's TCB necklace. You know, it's this thing that you see. People get tattoos, TCB, all this stuff. So I've got it, and I set it on, I took it off because we go into water a lot, and I didn't want to lose it. And I took it on the show because it's one of my prized possessions. You know, it's the one that Elvis Presley, and it's too much for most people to even get. I go, no, this is actually, this is Elvis's. Right.
2: This,
0: this is, the one and so I put it down by the bed in the room and we come back in after the first day and the thing is missing it's not in the little thing it's right there and I'm like oh it doesn't take 10 seconds to look around and realize nobody should be in our room in the main quarters and it's in this little jewelry dish beside the bed Mm -hmm. so I called in Courtney I looked down Courtney's the one who was cleaning our room I said Courtney come here I mean what, what happened here and she didn't know about it and so I was ready to call off the whole show. This is probably why they didn't use it. Yeah. I broke down and everyone's running in the producers behind me they're still trying to make a show. They're going like, "Can you phrase this in a way like explain to us what happened?" I said, "Behind my is-
2: necklace." <laughs>
0: no, I right at, no. I, I said, "This is no joke. This is not the show. Show is over." Yeah. I said, "This show is over because what you want" wow. There's so many people on the boat. I just thought, oh my God. I mean, who? but there's like 30 people. There's so much crew, more than you see. They're everywhere. And I just thought, oh, so who is dumb enough to swipe my little thing? You know, someone working here for the day is. This is the stupidest place to try to rob anyone ever. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Courtney was nearly crying. And I'm looking around. And then we look over, and it's on this little nightstand. It's on the little handle for like one of the drawers on the boat. It's hanging there, and we realize the level it's at is so low that it was my three-year-old Bo. Oh. It. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and
0: it, and this makes such good TV. Even me telling you, I'm like, this is the kind of stuff that normal TV show producers they. Yeah. Try. I they would stage, have loved this. Yeah. They that. Producers on other shows, they go do this stuff for tea. This was real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the drama here and none of that made the show. That's so crazy. there's a lot that wasn't on the show. The COVID element was part of it. it. It was a very scary time. We ended up getting locked in Croatia. for. We were there for five weeks. We ended up not being able to come back. Because wow. Two weird things happened while we were on the boat. Um, we're quarantined, you know, completely detached from everything. We had Wi-Fi a little, but really, really detached. We come off the boat, and they were closing down the airports. There's these spikes up and down with COVID. And we were going through whatever, the second wave. And we look, and Osa Karin, she said, it's really going nuts in America and Italy again in places. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So uh, Croatia was so few. There was only like 400 cases in the whole country of three or four million people. So they weren't wearing masks. They weren't anything. And it was business as usual. I said, well, we should just stay here for a while. Let's just stay safe. So we stayed in Croatia, had a great vacation before and after. But there was a, a lot of pressure. It was a big commitment. Everyone recognized it. We were all wearing masks. Oh, we had to be tested
2: every day. Oh,
0: kids oh, get crazy. a thing in the
2: nose. Oh, poor kids. I did love seeing I have to say I loved it first when you guys were on the bridge and Roy asked how you made it go beep beep and Captain Sandy let him I thought that was sweet and watching how they changed it from a GoPro cam to a bow pro cam when you guys were doing hide and seek on the boat. That was so adorable to me. I loved it. Your kids are great anyway. They're just the cutest ever. They
0: were. And Osa and I kind of wish they would just made a whole show about kids and stuff. The show that we ended up with is not really family friendly. Right. I said, yeah, well, this show, you know, isn't really for kids and parents and things like that. It's a party scene. It's a boat scene. It's reality TV. Mm
2: -hmm. We knew what
0: we were getting into. And overall, when I look back on it, you know, it was the trip of a lifetime. Right. One of the reasons that I cut loose is because we didn't on the first one. I was very proper and things. This one, I—it's actually the comfort level that I felt. Yeah. I felt the crew was amazing. I really loved the crew, and I felt so safe. And I loved the boat. And I felt way more comfortable with everything with Bravo and NBC and the contracts you sign and everything behind the scenes and all the behind. You know, I just I loved everyone so much that I kind of let them go. I went like, man, we're on this boat in Croatia. This is a beautiful day. And what you saw. Was me not living for the TV show, but really for my own experience selfishly in the present. I thought Good for you. Yeah, I mean, this and, is. And be-
1: that's exactly what it felt like. And again, you weren't being disrespectful to anybody. You weren't harassing anybody. I mean, we've seen guests of all flavors on this show do all kinds of really extreme things when they cut loose. You were just standing out there going, woo! <laughs> well, I, I even said like, it. Like, it was great. I even
0: said it, and it came off. That was one of the parts I didn't like because it came off a little bit like something. The tone was wrong. But I said, like, this is a conscious choice. Mm -hmm. And I was basically trying to give a compliment, saying, like, the weather, the boat, this situation, this is a conscious choice. Again, this isn't the TV show anymore. This is me. You didn't see the beautiful scenery we were around and everything. We were in heaven. We were driving through these islands, and there were these old little caves that the military put boats in for one of the wars there. You know, we were seeing history. It was a spiritual day, believe it or not. And it progressed and progressed. And so I, it was a conscious choice. And when I see it, I mean, it was pretty funny. I don't know. You can't tell how other people are going to take it. But I say, I laugh at myself. I say some funny stuff. You do. Them, I, go, I go, you're all embarrassing yourself. I saw that. <laughs> and
1: I'm laughing. You know, and that,
0: but, but when I sit now, I go like, you know what, Osa? I was right. These people are sitting around like fuddy-duddies talking about whether I'm going to make it to breakfast. They're not enjoying their breakfast. <laughs> My, the people I'm with, they're a little bit lame. They should have been joining me. Why are they sitting around like rolling their eyes at me, you know? And so uh, so I was having a great time. And I, I was nice. I was nice. I was laughing. Oh, like there's an, uh, in the today's episode, episode, we're on episode five. Ship of, Happens. Uh, episode, Ship yeah. happens. I, I, I saw that one, and I, one of the funniest things is I laugh right now. It was very funny. We're eating breakfast, and there's an alarm going off.
2: Right. We're
0: going like what, the crew is running, everyone's running, and someone in my group they say like, "What's going on?" I say, "It's an alarm. Better eat up." And I <laughs> so it's a. It goes by so quick, but so many funny things like that. There is an alarm going on. Everyone thinks the boat is on fire. There's right. an actual emergency. The kids are crying. People are annoyed. The guests are putting on life jackets and running around, and I'm like, <laughs> like better <laughs> up. These croissants are amazing. That's so good. if you if you look at it a little bit, you'll see that it's edited. I'm wearing a t- different clothes and different T-shirts, and I have my shirt on and off. Mm-hmm. They're jumping around. A I, lot. D-
2: I just thought you were doing your good share impression, changing four or five times a day. <laughs> so we did that.
0: We did that on purpose. But no, they really. You see, they edit, and then I'm wearing a different shirt, and then I'm back in the same shirt. And honestly, I've watched them all twice, and you can see that it's heavily edited. Mm. And honestly, it makes for a better show. It makes a really good show. I mean, the conclusion to our first show, episode four, I mean, the, in the last 45 se- seconds, they make it like I've nearly crashed the ship. I know. <laughs> and then it goes blank. It's like blank. I have friends who phone, and they said, Roy, what the hell happened? I mean, and I go, like, actually, You know, and I don't want to say anything bad, you know, I don't want to even make that, but that is, that is not really what happened. It's three different things. One, there was a little bit of a storm when they, they, they brought the boat in. Mm -hmm. When I was eating, we were docked. It was nighttime. You can see, that's what I'm saying. If you watch the editing, you see when Captain Sandy says, like, what the hell is going on back there? You know, it's daytime. And then when I'm jumping off the boat, it's night. They're making it like I'm jumping off into a moving boat with the propellers. The whole thing, my thing was comedy. We were laughing. It was like, I'm going to jump off the boat. Don't jump off the boat. I'm going to jump off the boat. Don't jump off the boat. But then when they showed it, you know, it's a little bit of a weird thing, but there's some behind the scenes you won't get anywhere else. How they can take things from different days in different ways and put it into this thing. And I thought, wow, you know. I couldn't have scripted a better
2: ending. Yeah, we jokingly call it Frankensteining where they uh, take a little part from
1: here and attach it to this. And I, for one, would like to petition Bravo to see the rest of your trip, because that sounds like fun. It
0: Even the first shows, I was like, Osa, I mean, they have enough to do like almost a whole season on the one thing. There was so much they didn't show. And there is there was just a lot. There was a lot on the first show. And on this one, there was two or three things. You know, we did an expedition to a castle. That was amazing. And we did this, you know, all this stuff. And even just the hide-and-go-seek, you could have made longer. Yes,
2: that was was adorable i loved every minute of that but for purposes of editing they did it and
0: they do a great job there's a reason it's such a good show and i watch all of them our episodes i thought the ending i like i said i was like wow a little embarrassing for me but i couldn't have done anything to give them a better ending than that right wow
1: (laughs) without planning absolutely no No, i I think it's great
0: and it's the best ending of any that i've seen it's the best to the best hanger they just it's the best one i saw
2: since Roy Junior just spoke of cliffhangers and endings, we decided this was a good place to end Part One. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for Part Two. Thanks for listening. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below, original music and lyrics by Angel Twitter Frale and Terry Abbott, performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Cast off, me hearties. <laughs>
0: Hang up the gang and going down the low Bravo